Today's episode of Winging It on the Ringer Podcast Network is brought to you by State Farm. Just like basketball, the game of life is unexpected. Talk to a State Farm agent and a teammate who can help you navigate the unexpected. Obviously, the season being suspended is very unpredictable, but give me your mindset leaving the game that night. Oh, leaving the game that night, my mindset was pretty much that was my last game. I ended on a, on a, on a super high note, made my final shot. Uh, feeling good and just thankful for the opportunity. Obviously, it's kind of the, the wait and see situation from there. And then, you know, as as you learn more about it, as more announcements and more things come out, you, you're kind of, it's like you're hit with a shocker and like, you know, you didn't expect or you didn't know what to expect already. And you think, oh, a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks. Now you're like, oh man, two months. Ugh. You know, it's just one of those things. And I, now we've fallen into this kind of routine where this is what it is for now and you just deal with it. Get a teammate who can help you navigate the unexpected. Talk to a State Farm agent today. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Jamel Hill. And I'm Van Lathan. We're proud to introduce our new podcast, The Wire, Way Down in the Hole. First episodes hit you on April 15th. Now, every podcast episode will include recaps, signature moments, foreshadowing, key character deep dives, little-known facts, and also awards, such as We Love This Show But, the Stringer Bell Fuckboy Award, my personal favorite, who won the episode, and more. So join us in West Baltimore on April 15th. Wing It Podcast. Hello and welcome into Winging It, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm your host, Annie Fimbrick, as always, joined by number 15, Mr. Vince Carter. You see the house? And Vince is excited, I think, because we have someone older than him. <laughs> Finally. Finally on the show today, and that is one Grant Hill. Hey, hey, my, my favorite Tar Hill, my favorite Jayhawk. Woohoo! Am I really? That means a lot because there's a lot of good Jayhawks out there to choose from. Yeah, no, I'd say that. You got you're my favorite Jayhawk, and uh, it's kind of that's safe to say. It's kind of weird as a Dookie saying my favorite Tar Heel, but I was gonna you know say, what? like, do you even have a favorite Tar Heel? Yeah, it's kind of a kind of an oxymoron there or something, but um. <laughs> Nah, it's, you know, there's respect. There's a mutual respect there for the programs and certainly uh, have a great deal of respect for for your your co-host. <laughs> My co-host. <laughs> well, we're so excited <laughs> to have you. I know you mentioned earlier it only took a pandemic to get you on here, but we wanted to make sure we were reaching out to all of our friends, no matter how far away they were, because now we're talking on Zoom. So this is a lot easier that we don't have to wait till you're in Atlanta. So. Yeah, and no, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I mean, I mean, let's tell the truth. You're a busy man. You're here there everywhere. I mean, you wear a lot of hats. So, you know, we understood that, you know, we were busy and, you know, obviously just stuck with the Zoom. I was like, what better time to try to get you on is now because we can catch you anywhere around the world. No, you're right. And uh, I'll tell you this virtual, the Zoom, having virtual meetings, virtual podcasts, it's it's pretty amazing, this technology. And uh, I think, you know, this obviously, this, 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 this situation we're in right now with the COVID-19 has forced us all to shut down, slow down, and and kind of be still a little bit. And uh, if you're if you're practicing social distancing, like I know we all are, perfect timing, I guess. And uh, I'm excited to to be on you guys for sure. So, how are you enjoying or not enjoying social distancing? What have you been up to? Um, you said you were in Florida right now with your family. Yeah, no, Annie. It's been it's been about a month since we uh, have seen anybody else in person. You know, it's, it's, it's been interesting. I mean, I spent a lot of time obviously with my wife and my girls and, um, 
you know, I have, I have two very different daughters and, and their personalities. One is, is kind of shy and, and reserved and she's my 18 year old. And then my 12 year old has energy for days. And so, and you might be too young to remember this, but there was a movie back in the eighties with Richard Pryor. It was called the toy. And, uh, there's this real wealthy oil guy hired Richard Pryor to be the toy for his son. And, uh, and so I feel like I'm the toy for my daughter. And, uh, but it's been fun. It's been fun. It's been difficult. Obviously we're all trying not to go stir crazy, but we're certainly uh, enjoying spending time together, having family dinners, taking walks. We got a dog, you know, taking walks in the neighborhood while still practicing social distancing, of course. Well, how, let me ask you this. How are you wearing, uh, I mean, handling wearing all these hats and now I think everything, uh, I guess you, you can spread it out on an everyday basis, but now you know, obviously your obligations to the Hawks uh, with the, the family. And I know you also wear the hat uh, with the, with the NCAA. So how are you able to juggle all of these? And, you know, tell us a little bit about, you know, everything that kind of transpired with, you know, the NBA and the Hawks and for, for you as well, you know, and also with the NCAA which I know you have a, a huge hat in as well. Yeah, no, Vince. So last summer I, I joined the board of governors uh, for the NCAA and uh, they brought in five independent directors. And so I was one of the five. And obviously name, image and likeness was a big issue that we voted on and we're going to sort of evolve that and change that uh, here in the, in the years to come. But if you go back about a month, uh, March 11th, uh, your last game, last of course, game. you hit that. that we'll, we'll see. I, we think it's your last game. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. But you hit that, that big three-pointer at the end of the game against the Knicks. That day was a crazy day. Early that morning with the Hawks, we had an ownership call along with our executive leadership team, Steve Coonan, Thad Shealy, and just going over contingency plans of what will happen with this whole coronavirus. Uh, will we go to spectator-free uh, basketball games? Will we go to a cancellation of the season? And so just going over all these scenarios and how it impacts and affect our, affects our business and our bottom line. And what was really refreshing, and of course you guys have seen this since then, but right then that morning, Tony Ressler said, worst case scenario, cancellation, we're taking care of our employees. We're taking care of obviously those who, who, who work in our office and, and work in our basketball operations department but our part-time employees, and both of you know them very well. You guys, you know, people who are ushers and security and, and folks who um, maybe have second or third jobs and rely on that kind of income. And so that was a, a really kind gesture on Tony's part. And uh, you've seen Mark Cuban do the same and so on. So that was refreshing. Uh, later that day on the NCAA board, we had an emergency call at two o'clock on March 11th. And basically we were like, look, you know, we're going to go to spectator free. I mean, we all felt that was the right thing. One of our um, board members, new board members, was a former U.S. Surgeon General with o President Obama, a guy named Vivek Murthy. So he was advising the NCAA along with other doctors. And so was he was advising Adam Silver in the NBA. And so we decided we had that vote at about three o'clock. The announcement came about an hour later. Uh, and then, of course, I was talking to Adam Silver. They had a board of governors meeting later that evening. And all bets were off moving forward. Rudy, Go Rudy Gobert later that evening tested positive for uh, the coronavirus and Adam instantly canceled the season. Uh, that happened late that night, uh, right around the time you hit your three-pointer. Right, right. And, uh, and then, of course, the next morning we had 
an emergency board meeting uh, late morning for the uh, NCAA. And we decided, look, we have to do the same thing, but not only cancel the tournament, but we have to cancel the spring sports season, you know, baseball and, and, and lacrosse and some of these other sports that happen in the spring. We, we're going to cancel all of that. And we're going to give waivers to those who are seniors who can come back and repeat their senior year who missed out on playing their entire season because of this coronavirus. So there were just a lot of moving parts that happened. Now, with all due respect, I'm a big fan of y'all show. Uh, you guys had on Michelle Roberts, the executive director of the National Basketball Players Association. And she said that she was disappointed when Annie asked a question about the NCAA and whether or not they moved too slow. And she mentioned like three, four days. We made a decision the next morning. Now, with all due respect and certainly giving her the benefit of the doubt, hours felt like weeks during that 24-hour stretch. But I think we were proud that we made the right decision. We were proud that Adam Silver was the first professional league, the first sports entity to make that decision as well. And anyway, that's what happened. It was crazy, you know, dealing with the Hawks, dealing with Adam, dealing with the NCAA. But uh, ultimately, I'm proud of the leadership that sports across the board uh, displayed in this very, very difficult time. And uh, I was proud of Adam and proud of uh, everyone involved. You guys probably won't be surprised uh, when the NCAA, when I say this, the NCAA, when the announcement came that uh, Duke and Kansas? Right. First, right. Uh, I, was, I was actually on the green. I had just hit it on a par three, just hit a nice shot on the green, getting ready to putt for birdie. When right. I was, actually heard that, I didn't right. make it. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I ended up parring the hole. But anyway, uh, that's when I heard it. And then obviously later on that evening, if I'm not correct, you, uh, you guys, the NCAA made their announcement as well. So uh, it, it just, like I said, it just seemed like light years away from each other just because we were just trying to figure out everything initially with the NBA and what was done. And then, of course, the NCAA. Yeah, well, first of all, if Carolina had made the decision, you probably would have birdied it uh, as opposed to parring on that. Uh, but no, I mean, it was, it was. I mean, I remember being on that board call Thursday, March 12th. The night, the day after Rudy Gobert was tested positive, and it felt like the call we had the day before was like a week ago. And so much was happening; we were processing all this information. It, it was becoming real, you know. And 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 so um, it, it was crazy. It, it was absolutely crazy. It was kind of surreal. It was, it was uncertain. I mean, it's still a lot of the same feelings now that we have almost you know over a month later, but. You know, like I said, I'm proud of, of the sports fraternity, the sports world for taking those necessary steps. You saw that overseas and, you know, some of the soccer games and how they went to spectator free and then eventually canceled. And, you know, in some cases you wish that, you know, some of the other entities would follow the lead of sports. But I do believe sports displayed great leadership. And I also believe sports, once we get through this and however long that it takes, I really do believe that sports and our league and other leagues will play a role in, in getting us, you know, the healing process and just getting back to some level of normalcy, if you will. There have been talks that the MLB could be maybe one of the first leagues to return. And I know that that gets everyone excited just to have something to watch, something to look forward to. Cause I know for everyone being without sports, it's like, now what do we do? Well, it's like, don't forget the UFC is trying to, <laughs> They're trying. He's trying. Uh, Dana White is trying real hard to get um, some USC fights on the island. Well, they have one scheduled for yeah. April nineteenth or eighteenth or something. So I don't know if they're going through with it or what's happening, but it's still scheduled. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, it was crazy. I mean, you said it best, Annie. 
you're a lot younger than Vince and I, but in our lifetime, in my lifetime, Vince, all, I mean, all of us going back over a century, if we ever had a, a world without sports at any level, I mean, I love watching the Hawks and I love watching Duke and, uh, and, and Kansas and sometimes North Carolina. And, uh, but I also like watching my daughter's soccer teams. I like watching high school, like, you know, and none of that's there. It's all gone. It's the craziest thing ever. And, um, and so right. You know, I was watching the other day, I guess NBA TV played one of my old games from my rookie year. And I'm sitting down watching it. Like it was like game seven of the NBA finals. Cause at least, you know, it was a game I totally forgot. And actually we beat the Celtics and Dominique Wilkins and I had a nice little battle going back and forth. Now, Dominique put 32 up on me. Oh, uh, was, yeah. now, I gave him 34, uh, but he gave me 32. So it wasn't a whole lot of defense going on oh, in that game. <laughs> it was like today's NBA. Um, let's talk about <laughs> there's going to be <laughs> Woj just tweeted that there's going to be a horse game played between players to be broadcasted. I want to know. So first of all, he said that some alumni will be participating. So I want to know, Grant, if that might mean you and Vince, did they reach out to you? Or are you going to do it? What do you think? They didn't reach out to me. Yeah, they, they didn't reach out to me either. And so I'm kind of, you know, look, I, I was never a great shooter. You know, I was a decent shooter, good mid range, but I didn't have great range, but I'm a really, really good horse player. I got some trick shots for you. He just so I'm just going to put that out there. I put it out there. <laughs> Maybe somebody, the powers that be, will will see this uh, this podcast, and uh, uh, maybe I'll get the invite. So, so thank you for the the assist there. And I feel like you might know someone that might know someone that could probably get you in it. That's true. Uh, that's a different way to go to. Yeah, good to have options. So, where, where are they trying to do this? I like. I don't really know what's going on with that. I heard about it, but like, I was like, all right. Like, are they trying to? I think like, it's do gonna it be like on a Zoom. I think it's gonna be like on a FaceTime or a Zoom call, kind of a thing more high tech, probably similar to what Grant did earlier for his TV. But, um, I think it's going to be like at their houses, like Trey's in Oklahoma. He's going to be out in the backyard where he has a hoop. And I think they're going to be broadcasting back and forth and like playing horse back and forth. But see, that's the, it's, it gets tricky with that. So you get somebody who's outside, you know, where you can throw the ball to, up in that sky real high. And then you catch somebody who's in the gym where you can't do through that. So, I mean, they're going to have some things, some rules they're going to have to apply. Well, I think Trey is going up against who he tweeted about it. They're serious. Zach Levine. And he said, absolutely no dunking. Because obviously, I mean, can Trey dunk, Vince? No, but I mean, dang, did I say that? I mean, I guess sometimes. But here's the thing. He's been getting better. (laughs) But here's the thing about that. So if he does dunk, or let's say Trey does a dunk first. First of all, if he does anything that's exotic in dunking, we know the goal is to. That has been low. <laughs> they have to measure it. Yeah, exactly. So you're going to start getting into all of this stuff. You know, you know, guys are going to, by any means, going to try to win. No, I mean, I have an outdoor goal at my house, and I can easily lower it to eight and a half feet. So and go to work. Uh, and go to work. So hey, you know, the NBA calls me. I'll go. I'll go dunk for dunk with Zach. <laughs> I'd like to nah, see. You know what? I think Zach would beat me even on a ten foot. Me on an eight and a half foot. Him on a ten foot. I think he probably would still beat me at this point. You got you to gotta factor in the years there a little bit. So we'll give you some breathing room. It should be like alumni versus alumni. Maybe you versus Vince. No, I, I want no part of that. So I, I, <laughs> I want somebody, first of all, older than me. And I got to tell you all this funny story. So maybe three years ago, I'm in Atlanta in the off season. And I walk into, it's before the renovations occurred at State Farm Arena. And I go into the, the, the practice court. 
And um, Ben, who was one of the assistant coaches then with Coach Bud, uh, he was in there and he put me through a workout. Put, I put some shorts on. I went through a little workout. He's called, you know, I got a pill. I got to, you know, do some stuff. And then in walks Dominique. Now, Dominique is in street clothes. And next thing you know, it evolves into like a slam dunk contest. Like, I felt like we were both 12, 13 years old, like trying to dunk for the first time. So it was like, here's Dominique Wilkins, who's like 50 something years old. Like he's up there in age. And I'm at the time, I mean, he's older than me. And I'm in my early 40s. And we're like taking turns trying to dunk. And like, we're both missing dunks. And, but it felt like, man, I was like, wow, like last time I was doing this, I was 13, you know, at, at the middle school with my friends. And now I'm doing it with the slam dunk champ, Dominique Wilkins. Like it, it tripped me out, you know? And so when Vince ever, you know, when he gets back to uh, Orlando, I, I could maybe have the honor of doing it with him. Uh, it. Although he could probably dunk it. I, <laughs> that's the problem. He can still dunk. I can't dunk anymore. He can use your, you go to put it on nine feet. I'll put it, okay, all right, nine feet. That's, that's kind of an insult, but yeah, I'll do it. I'll no, take the nine feet. It's safe. It's, I'm just talking about safe, you know? That's oh, yeah, the okay. That's, uh, the that's true. Safety first. Exactly. Yeah. I have heard that Vince in practice will still windmill and all that on occasion. So I'm not trying yeah. to scare you, but no, that, that was then that was just, you know, just the, the reason was I wanted to let these guys know that I could still do it, but at the same time to see if I could still do it, <laughs> and it worked out. So I was just like, yeah, right. yeah I'm going to let y'all know. <laughs> you were, I, look, I got a, I got a funny story about that. Um, my last year in the NBA, I'm with the Clippers. I'm not really playing a whole lot. I hurt my knee, my right knee in the, in the, in the preseason. So I was out for like two or three months, came back. We're in the playoffs against Memphis. It was a legendary series. The Clippers went up two games. And you're in the playoffs. That's more than two no. or three. <laughs> no, I'm saying, I, mean, I came back in December, January. Oh, okay. We got through the season. We get to the play. I fast forward. I'm sorry. Oh, okay, we get okay. to the playoffs. We're playing Memphis and we beat Memphis the first two games at home. Then we go to Memphis games three and four and they beat us up. Zebo and Gasol. Yeah. And so I didn't play the first four games. And so Vinny Del Negro, our coach, says, Grant, I'm going to play you game five. So we're in layup line at the Staples Center for game five. And like, I'm hyped. Like, I'm like, man, I'm going to play. I'm like, you know, I felt like a rookie again. Like, I'm going to play him in the playoffs. So, you know, the, the, the Clippers back then were Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan. It was like a, like a dunk contest in layup line. So I'm taking off from the dotted, bam. I did a little windmill, bam. Like, I'm feeling all good. So the first quarter comes and goes, I don't play. The second quarter, I don't play. So at halftime, we go in the locker room. Willie Green and I come back out. And I'm like, Willie, man, my knee hurts. He said, <laughs> he said, your, he said your bad knee? I said, no, my good knee. He said, you didn't play. And I said, I think I heard it in the, in the, in the layup line. <laughs> That's when I knew I had to retire. That's when I said, you know what? It's time to hang it up. When you get hurt in layup line, yeah, it's a wrap. Well, you it sounds like you're pushing it a little bit, maybe. I know Vince, you know, plays it safe during layup line. Sometimes he'll give us like a dunk, a little dunk, like it's barely laying, but then he touches the rim. But you know, he knows how to play it safe. Gotta be smart. Gotta be smart. I know, I know the consequence behind it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Grant, I want to know from you kind of your first memories of Vince um, as a basketball player and, you know, watching him evolve through the league and then get to a team that you're part ownership in and just what that, all that's been like for you. My first, so first time I, I was in Detroit, my, I think it was my rookie year 
And I'm about to say this is gonna surprise you. You you're gonna be surprised. I think I know the story you're gonna tell. Go ahead. Well, there's a couple of stories here. So the first I heard of him was he made a visit to Duke. Yes, that's <laughs> he made a visit to Duke, and I won't say who, but apparently I heard <laughs> that you heard, you a certain a parent told him not to come to Duke. Yeah. I won't say who, whatever that I just heard that. that that's what I heard. And I heard this kid was unreal. Like he was unbelievable. He was like, you know, he was just, you know, a great, great player. And this was back in the time. This was 94, 95. Like it wasn't like now with the internet, like you, you know, we know who all the young high school players are. We can go on YouTube and watch them. We see them on social media. Back then you read about them, but you know, the first time I saw him, he was in Detroit for an all-star game. I think it was the, the Magic was it, Johnson Round Ball Classic. The Magic Johnson Round Ball Classic in the Palace. Yes. Vince Carter, Stephon Marbury, Kevin Garnett, uh, 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 Sharif, Paul yeah, Pierce. Sharif, Paul, yeah. Great class. Yeah. So I don't know if it was halftime or after the game, but they had a slam dunk contest. I was a judge. Halftime. Maybe it was after the game. Yeah, I think it was halftime. It was halftime. It might have been I think so. I'm not sure. And so there were two guys who went before Vince. Willie Mitchell, who was from Detroit. And then there was a guy from Saginaw, Terrence, something. I can't remember the guy's name, but they went for, and they did, you know, decent dunks. You know, dunks like I would have done, you know, whatever. <laughs> Vince did something. I don't know. I don't know if he did a windmill. He threw it up there. It was so amazing. They stopped the slam dunk contest. We didn't, they didn't go, no one else dunked. After that, it was over. Like literally he did one dunk and shut the whole thing down. And now granted, a lot of the guys who played in that game, you know, were contemporaries, were classmates events. So they knew he was this great, this, this unbelievable dunker. I didn't really know like that. I was blown away. I was like, wow, this guy, man. Like, you know, I was thinking like, man, like, man, I hope he goes to school for four years. I don't want to see him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you came out after your junior year, right? You came yeah, out. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, fast forward when he was in Toronto, I'll say he came out the lockout year. It was like the second year. It was like, it was just crazy. Like the lot. And I just remember both, both years. I was like, like, like I could jump a little bit, Annie. And, you know, I would go up and try to contest people at the rim, but you had to be disciplined to not jump with him. And your instincts were like, I got to go for it. But like, I was like, man, look, if you just look, if he gets a step, just let, hey, <laughs> don't try to be Superman, you know? That's exactly what my mentality. If I got, a, if I got you on my hip and I was a step in front of you, I was trying. I was trying to meet you, at the, meet me at the rim. Yeah, no, nah, it, it was crazy. So, I mean, that was, you know, but even then, like, it, it was different. Like, guys didn't really know each other on other teams. I mean, we played on the, on the All-Star game in 2000, but... Oh, that was crazy. Slam dunk contest. Oh, man. So, so let me just tell this real quick. So slam dunk contest, 2000. I might have said it at that, that thing we did in Atlanta after the game, but Jerry Stackhouse from the Pistons. You're sitting right beside me on the bench. He's in the slam dunk contest, too. So they go through. I think Vince went right before Jerry in yeah. the order. And so Vince went first. And I think you went under the basket and did their, like, the... I, I don't even know what you call that. I just called the Vince Carter. So he did that. And then Jerry went out. And then I think next was the partner dunk and, and T-Mac bounced it. And you, you yeah. did your dunk or whatever. I didn't want to go out there after that. I was like, 
I was like, Jerry, you sure you want me to go out there? <laughs> I was like, why do we got to go after him? You know what I'm saying? But like, I, I was there to really see that. I, that was an, um, that was, we've seen some really cool slam dunks in, in the last few years. Zach Levine, Aaron Gordon, this past year, Aaron Gordon, uh, and uh, the kid from Miami. But that was, that was the best one I'd ever seen in person. That was an amazing, it was just like, everybody was in disbelief. And it's crazy that you're like one of the top slam dunk champions, if not the top of all time. And you were only in one contest. Yeah. Like that's kind of gangster right there, you know? So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but I, I tell you, I, I, people ask me that a lot. You know, uh, I, t- I always say I wanted to go into the dunk contest hundred percent healthy. A couple of times I was, I was nicked up, but I didn't want to make a career of being uh, in the dunk contest. And I didn't want to get put in a box as just that. Uh, so that was one of the things I was kind of worried and leery of. And, you know, for years and years, I'd say, I just want my, my opportunity. And I, I said, I just want to be in the dunk contest one time. And I put that pressure on myself to be in it, to hopefully win it and hold the trophy and, you know, all of the dreams and envision and watching uh, videos for years and years as a young kid. I, I said, when, I want to be one and done and make it happen that first time. And I, and I was able to do that. And that was kind of really it. And from there, I, I just want to have people just thirst for more. But, you know, just I do it in a game. You know, I wasn't afraid to try dunks in a game, obviously. So, you know, that's where you would get it from there. Unless it was like something that was a, a kind of feature matchup. But you could, we, we never could get everybody together. Uh, I know Cole, uh, we tried to get Cole and, and LeBron and, and Matt can do it. But guys didn't want to do it. I, I, I really didn't want to do it unless everybody kind of jumped in and they tried to. I think they try to throw like some crazy money like before, but you know, just, just couldn't get it to happen. No, I mean, it's, it's interesting. Cause I mean, obviously you, you, you were one of the great jumpers and dunkers, but you really did have a, you know, more to your game, even at that point in time, like for to be somebody so young and any, like I played against them. I had to guard them. Like, I know, like, you know, your ability to shoot the ball, your you know, off the dribble, pick and roll. Like, you know, you, you had a, a versatility and a completeness to your game at a young age. And Oh, by the way, you jumped, out of the gym, you know, as well. Like it, like he jumps so high. Like I, I, I think I asked you once, like, do you ever get scared? Like, you know, just the uh, landing part, like. Nowadays, was, not there. Not there. Not there. I, didn't, I didn't care. I didn't think about it. It just, it was like, all right, whatever. Like I was willing to contort, go through over around whatever and didn't really worry about or think about the consequences as I do now. It's something in that water, in that water system in Daytona beach, man. I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's insane. I'm going back and watching some of those dunk contests because I know Vince so well who he is now. And so going back and watching his old dunks and even in high school, I'm much, I just am like, I'm shook. I can't believe it. I dunked higher in high school. That's crazy. Like I could, I could touch the top of the backboard in high school. I'll tell you right now, when I look at the, the, the rim and I look up there, I say, man, thing is so high. Like, I look at it now, I'm like, and you know, when you're young, I mean, I didn't jump like Vince, but when you're young, like, you know, in practice, you, I would just go up there and just, you know, whatever. Yeah, exactly. And like, and now, like, you know, man, I look at that rim, like, there's no way. How did I get up? Like, I, I look at it and I'm just in disbelief. And then when I was older, like my last three, four years in the league, I used to say, I got 50 good jumps for the whole year. <laughs> that, was my, that was my attitude. I got 50 good jumps. So let me hope. I want to save them for a game where at least somebody might see them. I'm not going to waste them. That's funny. (laughs) I remember us playing in Phoenix that year, that year when I got there, you told me that's one of the things you said. You're like, hey, I got 50 good jumps and I probably 
lose like 25. <laughs> That's it. I'll never forget that. Yeah. Grant, did you ever end up on the wrong side of guarding Vince, like getting dunked on or anything? No, I was disciplined. I didn't, I didn't jump. I didn't put myself in a position to get dunked on. But I remember we played them in 2000. I mean, look, there's so many games. I can't remember every moment. But I remember he had the ball in front of his bench in Toronto. It was on TNT. And he did something. And it, I don't know if it was like a, like a, a hesitation or like, a, uh, like he did. And like literally, I kind of fell to the ground. Now, granted, I, I kind of, you know, braced myself and got myself back up. But he made a move and it was like a, a, like a stop and start or whatever. I don't know what he did, but like I literally fell. And so now I got up real quick. And I got up real quick. So I didn't like fall and stay on the ground. You know what I'm saying? But, but like that, that was... You know, I mean, it's not quite as bad as chest to chest getting dunked on, but um, that was pretty embarrassing. And it was on national TV, TNT game. I think we got the win. So that was cool. (laughs) I have always been curious when, you know, and I know guys say, oh, no, we just brush it off. But like, you know, when a guy puts you on skates or you end up on the ground or, you know, what I do want to talk about is when uh, 40, I think you were 43, then your old Vince gave someone a little fake and then he slid past you and you made the three recently. You oh, remember that? oh, you talking about uh, Washington. Old man Vince got put a guy on skates and then, and then he stared him down after he made no. the three. See, let, let me tell my side real quick. So obviously just being on a lead, you, you, I mean, your instincts tend to take over because you know, you can't get to the basket as fast, jump as high, blah, blah, blah. So in transition, I see the ball coming in. Obviously, you can see the court because I was running down the sideline. So as I look, I'm looking back. The ball comes to me. Well, as I got the ball, I knew the, the, the defender. Um, I can't think of his name right now. He's I can see his face. He's running so fast to catch up because I was his his matchup. He was running so fast to catch up. So obviously, their 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 goal is to take me off the three. So when I caught the ball, I just gave a fake because I knew he's gonna he's gonna go for it. He's trying to run me off the three. But when he, when, he, when, he, when I did the fake, I just saw him go by. And I'm thinking he's going to keep running, just keep running. But I saw him go by and then slide. Mm. So it caught my attention. I was just like, oh, <laughs> oh, got him. <laughs> and then right there, I'm like, you got to make this. And then when I made it, when I shot it, it felt so good. I remember turning, looking at the bench. And I was like, got him. And, and not even knowing if I made it or not. It just, mm. I don't know. It's just, you know, I knew it was my last time in D.C. Like, just trying to enjoy the moment. I can hear all the guys. You know, when you hear a ooh, ah, like that, it's like you get caught up and you're like, ooh, I'm in it. But now you got to focus on the shot. It was kind of one of those. It was cool moment. It was pretty savage for a 43-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> but you're saying you were like, oh, no, he slid, not like, no, let I me was get like, you. When I put fake, I, I looked, I said, ooh. I was like, was like <laughs> everything, everything in one is like, I see him. Okay, he slid. Ooh, I got him. Got to make the shot. And as I, it gets close to the rim, I'm like, it's about to go in. I was like, I looked at the bench. I said, I got him. And then I ran down the court and they started busting out laughing. So it was funny. That's funny. That's funny. Today's episode of Winging It on the Ringer Podcast Network is brought to you by State Farm. 
Just like basketball, the game of life is unpredictable. Talk to a State Farm agent and get a teammate who can help you navigate the unexpected. Vince, since we just had Grant Hill on, he had talked about his injuries and all that. Talk about how medical stuff can make the life of basketball even more unexpected than you may have predicted. Sometimes a low-grade ankle sprain, knee sprain, or whatever, and sometimes as a young athlete, you bounce back rather quickly. And uh, as an older athlete, it tends to linger in a little longer and you have to take a little longer just to make sure you're actually healed and ready to go. When he said he hurt his knee, I mean, obviously he didn't say how bad, but he hurt his knee and he was like, yeah, two or three months later. So, I mean, it's just unexpected because you never know when, when when you get that diagnosis and they say, yeah, uh, it's probably going to be a couple of weeks, maybe a couple of months, boy. It's a shocker. It hurts. <laughs> Get a teammate who can help you navigate the unexpected. Talk to a State Farm agent today. Hey, it's Bill Simmons. I just wanted to make sure you're listening to podcasts on Spotify. Here's how you do it. First, search for your favorite podcast on Spotify's app. They have a library of over 750,000 pods at this point. So let's say you're searching for the Rewatchables or the Dave Chang Show or the Ringer NBA Show. Once you find them, click on the follow button. That's how you subscribe. Then... Click on those letters near the top of the app that say podcasts. All the pods you're following will pop up separated by episodes, downloads, and shows. Wait, it gets better. In Spotify, you can adjust the speed of the pods to seven different speeds. 0.5 times is the slowest. I actually sound drunk at 0.5. You can do 0.8 times, 1.2 times, which is my favorite. Everyone sounds like they just had a good cup of coffee. And then there's 1.5 times, two times. And if you're completely insane, three times. Anyway, Spotify's app connects directly to many of the best automobiles in the world. It even has a CarPlay feature that's pretty cool. Best of all, it's free. Download Spotify on any device and you're good to go. Should you be embarrassed that you're not listening to podcasts on Spotify? Well, I don't want to app shame you, but the answer, unfortunately, is yes. Make the move. Listen to podcasts on Spotify. Back to yours. I have a very important question for you, Grant. What do you think about Vince's goatee that he is sporting right now? Yeah, you see that, man? Giving I was bored. Like, you know, two th- early bored, 2000s vibes or something? That's yeah, no, nah, it's funny because, so Vince is like always maybe about six, seven years ahead of me because he had the beard in Phoenix. And then now the beard is kind of like, that's, you know, and I'm, obviously I'm wolfing him. I look like Teen Wolf. Uh, and, and you might be too young to know what Teen Wolf is. It was a movie back in the 80s. But, um, but yeah, the goatee, that's, you know, that's, that's taking it back. That's, uh, yeah. I might have to cut mine at some point. I'm around too many young guys. I tell you that every time I, I rock the grids, like I look like the, the Uncle Steel Hoop. And so I was like, ah, I got to cut it down. So I was like, let me see if I can do it. And it came out okay. So I was like, ah, I'm at home. Who cares? There you go. There you go. See, you know, it's funny. I, I, I'm curious. I'm, I'm going to ask a question. I'm going to put on my, my, my reporter hat here. How was it? I mean, you talk about the gray, talk about being older. My last year, my last couple of years, I was like the old guy and it was hard. Like I remember in LA with Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan, and some of the young guys on that team, good guys, but it was hard to kind of connect with them sometimes as an older guy. And in my case, I was closer in age to the coaches. So we had Vinny Del Negro as our head coach. Robert Pack was in it. These are guys I competed against. (laughs) Yeah. And so now you look at the Hawks team, these guys, the young guys are even younger than what Blake and DeAndre and those guys were. I'm just curious how it, how did you connect? How did you, you know, sort of be the big brother, the uncle, the, the, the voice 
these guys in some cases weren't, you know, weren't around or weren't even born when you were in college and when you first got drafted? Like, what was that whole experience like for you, particularly these last few years? So, gee, every year for me, my approach is earning the guy's respect and trust in the beginning. And, and I feel that opens the door for everything you're trying to accomplish, whether it's on the court or off the court. And then, you know, obviously every day after practice on the bus, uh, waiting for practice, we, we sit in the locker room and everybody gets to talking about different things. And sometimes we talk about basketball and the history of it and we get in those arguments and things like that. So it's just slowly just dropping gems or being the butt of the joke about being older and not having social media. And that's kind of how we connected. And, you know, I just took that approach and, and just earning their trust first and foremost, where, you know, guys feel comfortable to come and talk to me. And, and then when we just talking junk in the locker room or just sitting, you know, waiting for the game to start or practice to start the conversations. And sometimes I sit back, and I don't say anything. And, you know, you kind of, you kind of learn by just by the conversation and who's making fun of who or whatever. So if I hear something, a word, a term, a dance, or something that I don't know, I listen to the other young guys say, oh, man, you don't know how to do it. Your dance, man, you're supposed to do it like this. And I'm like, got it. Got it. And then I blend in from there. So that's kind of how I blend it in. But, you know, I have a, I have a, a teenage daughter, so uh, I'm not too far removed, and, and, and it's pretty cool. So she'll come home, uh, or she'll call me like, Dad, you heard about this new song, or you know, new, new dance, uh, the Roddy Rich song. Uh, she's like, yeah, you heard uh, this, this guy named Roddy Rich who, who, who mentioned your name. I was like, yeah, I already heard it, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I said it to her. She's like, oh, okay. So it's the beauty of just being a listener and having these guys trust, you know. So, you know, it, it all kind of blends in. You know, you know, it's funny as you were talking about the music. I, I remember my, my last year, my second to last year in the league, I was in Phoenix. And uh, your, your Jayhawk, Markeith Morris, he was a rookie uh, in Phoenix. And my whole career, Annie, I did the music in the weight room. Like I would, you know, back when you had like blank CDs back way, way long time ago, you know, my Detroit years, you know, even tape decks, you know, yeah, whatever. I got to make a little mix, you know, and, and, and then in Phoenix and in Orlando, you know, the iPads or the iPods and then out of your phone. So like I'm making playlists, like I'm doing it the night before. Like I'm like, okay, I'm a, I want to hear this song. And so I'm in there and I got, you know, I got music from the early 2000s, 05, 2000, even like 2008. And Markeith was like, Hey, Hey, old head, why are you always playing all this old school music? And I'm thinking you know, old school is like the eighties and the nineties, like right. 2005 is not old school. Like, this is just the other day. And so that's when I first heard of Meek Mill. Like he was from Philly, you know, and, and, and so he introduced me to a whole different kind of music, Waka Flocka, like all this stuff. And I was stuck, you know, I was stuck in the, in the, in the, in the nineties, if you will. And, uh, old school, 2005 to old school. He was like, nah, man, I, I was in middle school. I was in, you know, whatever. And I, you know, so it just, that, it was a funny moment, but it, it was, it was a challenge sort of trying to, adjust as an older guy, as you were saying. And um, anyway, it, it was interesting. And that's the thing I say, I, I just learned to tread lightly and listen, you know, as well as communicate and, and, and it kind of blends in and either I learn or, you know, we break the, the age barrier and come to a common ground. Maybe the terminology is a little different, but at, at the same time, it's the same. So uh, yeah, I just I don't I don't really put myself out there with with stuff that I don't know. Or, or and if I do, it's just like I'm fortunate enough to have somebody like uh, Coach Pierce, who, who we're we're the same age, you know. So he always backs me up when we talk about old school music. 
We right. team up, you know, because right. obviously, you know, I played against LP in college. Right. Oh, wow. And, yeah, we played against each other in college. So, um, it's, it's, so we're in, and in Marlin, I played against Marlin my, my rookie year when he played for Boston. So I have uh, Greg Foster was my teammate in Toronto. So I have guys who we team up against these young guys when we start talking about old school music. So I don't feel alone. Hey, Andy, I got a question for you, for both of you. Assuming this is it for Vince, you know, and he's done. He's not going to play anymore. Look um, <laughs> does this, no, no, I'm not lying. I'm being serious. Does, does the podcast continue? You guys gonna continue with this? Okay, I just care. I just yeah. I mean, I just yeah, that's a great. And that's funny. Before you say something, I'm gonna say this. That's the beautiful thing about it is that you know what has opened up and something we've talked about. Instead of having to sit in front of a, a person, a guest all the time, Zoom, you know, is gonna become a, a normal thing for us right now for the next couple of months. To where it doesn't matter where we are, which was the thing last summer. So maybe we can still get some. Some, some work done together, you know, throughout the summer, moving into the next season, wherever I may be. We never know. I don't know where I'm going. No, you never know. Play one more. Play one more. Let me say that before people go out there. It, it won't be on the NBA court. See, I know that's what Eddie about to say. It's not court. I'm just like, wherever I'm going to be. I was right. going to say, it sounds like you have an idea that you might know where you're going to be. No? No idea still. Yeah. You know, broadcasting somewhere. I don't know. Broadcasting, not playing basketball. As part of the Winging It with Vince Carter podcast, I have not come to terms with the fact that anything could be over yet. So we're still keeping that in like the maybe drawer for now. But, you know, obviously it would be ideal to continue doing this. I've had so much fun. This has opened so many doors for me and just to be able to talk to different people. And obviously, like my podcast partner is a future Hall of Famer. So what more could you really ask? In that, I don't know. No, and I, I think you should be. I mean, I think you guys are great. You guys work well together. And uh, I think you guys have had some really interesting guests and conversations. And as you said, I mean, a chance to get to know people, a chance to, you know, sort of learn more about their stories and things that they've gone through. And, um, and you know, it certainly helps the things you want to do in your brand, Annie. So it's, uh, it's, a, it's a no-brainer as far as I'm concerned. I was just curious. I didn't know if... And Grant, I want to I want to throw it back a little bit. You were actually one of our first ever guests on this show before it was this show. So That's when right. we were when we were uh, road trip in ATL, me we're gonna have to pull up that picture somewhere to throw that in here. But me, you, Mike Muscala, and Kent Bazemore, we did a podcast way back in the day. Do you remember that? I do. We did it at the uh, facility. Um, there at State Farm. And uh, yeah, now that was, uh, I forgot about that. That was a long time I ago. Too, so until I was like reflecting and yeah, yeah. So it, it's had different iterations here, this, this, this podcast here. And, uh, but no, I mean, I think, I think you guys work well together. You know, as you said, Vince is no disrespect to Kent or Mike, but he has a cachet about him. He's a, you know, a legend, a hall of future hall of famer. Um, and so, uh, and I and I like the the mix and the diversity of, of of interviews you guys have had. You guys have, you know, really brought in some interesting people, not just in the world of basketball, but people in entertainment and and so it's 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 a new <laughs> yeah. Andy, <laughs> I, I don't disagree. No, no, I know, I know, but no, I, it's funny because gee, we we, I, we just talked about that, and that's that was my thing with this, and I wanted to to make it a little different than everybody else or other athletes who are doing it. And you know, like I said, no disrespect. It's just I wanted to to expose like our basketball fans to the uh, lifestyles of other um, celebrities out there that are doing wonderful things uh, in, in their own uh, arena. So like, you know, bringing 
Michelle Roberts, who's done a great job with the Players Association. You know, we brought Trina on, Timmy, like different people. And it's been cool, like to, to, uh, to showing our diversity and just having different people. And we're still looking to bring on more people. But you, I mean, look, and, and obviously a lot of the entertainment world is in Atlanta and a lot of them come to the games. And so, yeah, I just, you know, it's, it's, I think this platform is really, really cool. And, and I, and I just, you know, I encourage you guys to continue with it. We're still looking to break some golfers on, you know, I know that's hey. not the thing, but. Well, you got yeah. me. I mean, I'm here. <laughs> hey, you become, you become a TV golfer for sure. Hey, let me, let me tell you something, Annie. First of all, I'm not as good as Mr. Carter at, at golf. Okay. Let's just qualify. Is that true for sure? What's the, yes. Sure. No question. But I will say this, the times that we've played, like I've, I've been at my absolute worst. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't seen the true me. I'm not saying I'm really good. I'm just better than what he's seen, but he's seen me at times where I'm on the verge of just like, you know what? I'm going to hang it up. Like I'm just, I can't figure this game out. So I don't know if this intimidation factor or what, but like, I promise you I'm better than what you've seen Vince. I know and, that. Uh, I know that because like I, every time we talk about, it's like, he, he'll say, Oh, I just shot a 90. I just shot in the eighties or whatever. Oh, I just shot. No, a- no, 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 Never shot the eighties. Let's just. That's never happened. That's never okay. happened. I appreciate you saying that, but that's never happened. I, that's never happened. Okay. You shot, did you, you shot a 40 something on the, on the front. Yeah, no, I mean, I've, I've, I've had good moments. Like, I've had yeah, good okay. moments. So I, but then, I know that. I've seen good moments. But I play with Vince, and it's like, man, like, I just, it's my game implodes, Annie. Like, I don't know what it is. And so, like, I, I just I just want one good showing against him where he can be like, all right, I see the improvement. Right now, he probably thinks, man, he played in that tournament, man. They invited him? Oh, man. Like. <laughs> I will say, I think there was a time recently when it- – Correct me if I'm wrong, Vince. We were watching an old tournament and Grant was in it, right? It was one of the yes. celebrity ones. And yes. I will say he sounded like very proud that you were there. He was like, oh, yeah, Grant was in this one. It was great. And so I think he believes. He had a good showing. And, you know, yeah, for sure. And I can't wait. Like, I'm hoping we still able. So we're playing in the uh, uh, the Lake Tahoe. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to happen. I, I don't know. I'm going to say I'm, I'm, I'm hoping we still, we're still able to do so. It's a great tournament. Uh, I think you'll enjoy it. You know, when you talk about just playing around guys who really love the game that are athletes like, you know, and celebrity athletes like us, it's just it's fun to see, fun to be around. And you, you learn a lot. And I've learned a lot just playing in it. And I've gotten better every year. You know, like you said, the comfort zone It's one thing playing by yourself. But it's another thing playing with the gallery, the the, the fairways and the, and the course looks a lot smaller. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, you know that now I think going experiencing some some TV golf. <laughs> No, no, definitely. I played in a tournament, the Diamond Resorts uh, Invitational in Orlando in January, and it's an LPGA event, and they match uh, the women with two celebrities. And so, like, I wasn't ready for that. Like, that, that I, I threw myself into the fire. Like, I literally threw myself into fire, Annie. Which is probably a good thing. No, it was a good thing. And, and I learned a lot, and I learned, first of all, walking the golf course for four days is brutal. Like I, I, that's worse than training camp. Like that was the hardest thing ever walking the. I couldn't believe how tired I had to take out my Norma tech boots. And I, was, I had my game ready ice. Like I, I had all, like I was literally like, man, who knew playing golf was this hard. I'm glad I did it. I learned a lot. Um, and, and it's fun, you know, it's fun and it's fun to compete. It's fun to be in that environment. And it's one thing if Vince and I are out on the course playing, but now you got a gap, like you got some pride got to kick in. Like, 
yeah. you know, sure. and, and so, uh, you don't want to embarrass yourself. And I had some good moments. I got some moments on television that, that yeah. actually looks like mm-hmm. I know how, what I'm doing. And, uh, and so I'm happy about that. So hopefully next year, uh, and actually I'll tell you what, this is the thing you'll love about retirement. Whenever that day comes mm-hmm. is that you realize once you're out of it from late September until at least mid to late April, your whole life is like on a schedule and, and, and it's a, you know, it's a great quality of life. It's a, it's a great thing. I and mean, you, you know, we love what we did. We're so grateful for, you know, being able to play in the NBA and do all the things that we've been fortunate to do. But now you have all this like freedom. You can, you can play in a celebrity golf tournament. You can do this, you can do that. And, and that's one of the things that I've, that I've enjoyed. And I think you'll get a chance to really experience it it's still sometimes you miss it. You miss the basketball and, you know, and all of that, but you know, you'll be around the game in in a bunch of different ways. But um, I I just, I, it'll be interesting to see a year from now, sort of, you know, like, wow, I didn't know. I thought like after, after being out of it, I was like, man, if I knew this was this much fun, I'd have done it. Than a few years earlier. You know? <laughs> so, so two things to that. Uh, first of all, you should tell everybody, I, I'm going to tell everybody, you got the opportunity to play with the great Ricky Fowler. Yeah. Uh, as well, which I know, Annie, you're like, oh, okay, cool. But like, I mean, that's a huge honor, a great player. Uh, you know, I was jealous when you told me that and yeah. you learned a lot. But uh, on the flip side, for you, attending games, talking about games on TV, do you get the itch? Now, that's one thing getting the itch like, oh man, I, I love being around it. I'm just glad to be around it. And it's another thing like, man, I need to pick up a ball. I want to play. I need to get back out there. Do you get that itch? Or do you kind of, are you like, you're at the point now you're removed like, nah, like I want to go shoot, but I don't want to go play an NBA game. You get that itch every once in a while. And it, it, it does, it's not a consistent itch. I think first of all, training camp. Around September, October, you know, things are about to start ramping up. Your body is conditioned. Like, okay, this time of year, we're ready to go. And, and so, like, that's when you kind of miss it. You miss it during the playoffs, you know, when all the focus is on, you know, on, on the NBA and it's a fun time of the year. Miss it around March Madness, you know, when you get in there and it brings back memories and, you know, you – and it's tough. I mean, when you go to games and you're there in person, and, you know, and you guys know in Atlanta, my seats are right there on the floor. Like, like that's, it, it, it's hard. Like it's hard to watch because you're so close that you feel like you're in the game. And you know what you're seeing and you know what you hear when you're hearing terminologies. Right. And so yeah. you see things, you, you watch it with a critical eye, but you also are just like, because when you're working the games, it's different because you're there to do a job. And so there's a little bit of, you know, now, now calling games is fun because you know, you prep for the game, you take your pregame nap, you, you, you come into the arena through the loading dock, like, you, you know, the national anthem, you stand like you, like you feel a little bit like you're about to perform, like to play, like it's the closest feeling. And then when the game starts, you get lost in the game, you know? And, and, and so that's a, that's an interesting sort of uh, feeling and perspective, but watching as a fan on the floor, like it's fun, but it's also hard. And it, like, whereas if I watch on TV, it's different. And so anyway, I don't know if I'm making sense, but, and then every once in a while, and you've seen video, I might be with some high school kids and, and, I, you I know, I, I'll, I'll say this, Annie, about a month ago, before all this stuff happened, 
uh, a friend of ours, Michael Stewart. Michael played with Vince in Toronto and lives down here in Orlando. He's got two high school sons who play basketball and they were working out and we were at Vince's house. He's got a gym at his house and we're just there watching him work out. And next thing you know, I jumped in and started playing one-on-one with him. And we're, you know, playing, you know, what is it? Two dribble one-on-one games or whatever. Now I haven't played basketball in probably three or four years. Like I haven't done anything. And I threw myself out there. I don't know what happened to my knee. <laughs> but like the thing will lock it'll lock up on me. Like I'll just be sitting in the, in, the, in on the couch and my knee will lock up. And I'm like, and to me and my wife's like, you shouldn't have been playing with them teenagers. You should have, you know, you should have been, you know, you forgot you 47 years old. And you know, <laughs> and so I think the itch is gone. Like literally that 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 now, I did show I had some good moments. And, yeah, I saw uh, video. And I was going to say, you did. I saw the video. Right? Right. I had a couple good moments, but, I, but I'm feeling it now over a month later. That's funny. Was it your good knee or your bad knee? You know what? They're all bad right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Both of them. <laughs> oh, man. They're all bad. They're all bad. But no, I, I, I look forward. Like, I'm excited for you with retirement. And uh, I think the one bit of advice I would give. And the one thing I I learned the hard way was I tried to do everything I've ever wanted to do at once. And, and I think I spread myself a little bit too thin. And so, you know, I think you'll have options and options are good, but you just played 20 some odd years. Decompressing is not a bad thing either. And just finding that balance, look, your whole adult life, You've been on this NBA rhythm, in season, out of season, you know, your whole life. And now all of a sudden it's going to switch. And like, for example, right now, and my wife jokes about it. If I'm sitting down or I'm on a couch at like one, two o'clock, my body says, oh, it's nap time. Like it's time to take a nap. And like I took a nap. Yeah, still. Look, so I. I did a lot, you know, just some private equity and, you know, just got some businesses and things like that. And so there were times my first couple of years, I'd retire and we'd have a, a, a meeting after lunch. And literally I'd be in a meeting like I'm falling asleep and I'm like struggling to stay awake. And I'd have to get up, go to the bathroom. And, and but it was like my body for, for 19 years, you know, I survived off of that. Now, and Andy, you've been on the road trips with the team and you know how you get in late at night, you're nocturnal, you know, it's like, it's brutal. People don't realize or appreciate the travel and how difficult that is. So that nap. And, uh, and so anyway, I still like, to me, it's like, don't get on the couch. Like, <laughs> if I get on the couch in the afternoon, I'm going to sleep. <laughs> I took a nap today. <laughs> so uh, anyway, but now you have fun with it. It'll be, retirement will be fine. I'm sure you will be on Vince's speed dial once retirement is official, figuring out. He's up the street. He'll be knocking on your door. I know he'll be on the first tee at 9 a.m. I know where he'll be. Uh, forget about going to his house. I know exactly where he'll be. And, and he, his house is off the second hole. So, or, yeah, second, second and third. So all he has yep. to do is look at him. Yep, there he is. Bad 30. There he is. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, well, Grant, before we close, I have one more question. Obviously, you have such an integral role in the NBA being part ownership and then also in the NCAA. So where do you see those two uh, leagues going right now? Where do you see sports, basketball in particular, headed in these next couple of months? Do you know anything that you can tell us? 
there's still some uncertainty, you know, there's just, there's so much, we don't know the unknown. Um, you know, there's just talk of maybe having, uh, you know, some sort of playoff later this summer. Uh, I'm hearing that whatever might happen this off this summer, as it relates to this season, uh, they'd want to have it finished by Labor Day. And, uh, and so I think a lot just depends on what happens over the course of the next two, two to three months. And, um, you know, this thing can kind of get to a point where it's controlled and, um, you know, players aren't, 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 you know, jeopardizing their health and their safety. Uh, then there, you know, there might be some consideration to resume or maybe even a spectator free, some sort of playoffs. It's very fluid right now. And, um, you know, and so there's also talk, I know Steve Coonan with Atlanta Hawks has put out there, you know, before this whole uh, pandemic, the idea of starting the season later, maybe starting in December. Uh, so you don't go head to head against football. Um, so I, I think there's a, a number of contingency plans right now, but it's just premature to sort of, you know, be able to make something official or, or final. Uh, you won't know until we get a better handle on this thing. Uh, and where it goes. But like I said earlier, I, I do think sports will be a welcome distraction and it'll give some people need to, to be inspired. People need to be entertained. People need to feel like they're a part of something bigger than themselves. And I think uh, the role of sports and being a fan of the Hawks or the Jayhawks or the Tar Heels or whatever, Blue Devils, like it just gives you a connection and something to look forward to. And we need that even more so now as the whole world goes through this. So, so sports will play a role. I believe that. I just don't know when that'll be. I really don't. And if I did know, I would tell you, Annie. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. We'll be, we'll be messaging you trying to figure out when it's coming back. But I know we're all very excited for whatever that time is because it's weird to live a life, I'm sure, especially for you guys, but without sports, it's... Andy, I got to tell this one story. I'm sorry. I know I'm long-winded, but I got to tell this story. So we were talking about golf. Last year, now I just started playing maybe a couple years ago. And last year, after the Masters, I don't know if I told you the story, Vince. After the Masters, I'm, I'm in the Bahamas. And we're down there. Our kids are down there for spring break. All of the, the, the pros who oh, live yeah. in the community, yeah. they, play, they play on the golf course at Albany that Tuesday. They shut down the course. And usually it's Tiger Woods, it's Adam Scott, it's Justin Rose, it's um, Heinrich Stinson. The four of them play. But Tiger won it last year, so he didn't come down. So they invited me to play. And so they have the three of those guys, Heinrich Stinson, Justin Rose, Adam Scott, Justin Timberlake's there. He can play a little bit. Yeah, he can play. Um, He's very and they are about six or seven people. And so I get out there, the first team, they're like Adam Scott, Pew! like they all just, I go out there, like everybody, even the people who weren't pros hit good shots. My first shot, like the thing went, it went like 90 degrees. I don't even know how you, like it went, I was so nervous. I was so nervous. And, um, but no, we had fun. We had a good time and I, you know, had a couple cocktails and you were able to relax a little bit. And, uh, I don't remember the last few holes, but we had a good time. So, <laughs> But anyway, that's the kind of stuff that I think as a, as a golf fan and a golfer himself, things like that, I think Vince would, will enjoy in retirement. And you got to, you got to pep talk yourself a little bit. Cause think about if those guys were with you on the basketball court, how nervous they would be. Yeah. Therefore it's kind of equal, right? It, yeah. It's kind of, yeah. 
But we're transitioning into their sport now. So I, I guess that I, I'm just like him, we look at it like, oh, we're on their playing field. So, like, obviously, I'm like, don't talk junk now. I'll get you on this court. I still dust you up now. Like, you know. Well, funny, funny thing I want to say with Justin Rose. So he had a guy with him who talked a lot, a little short guy, talked a lot and had a little, you know, had a British accent. And so I was like, you know, who is this guy? Like, he's kind of mouthy, talks a lot. I didn't know who he was. He didn't, he didn't, he wasn't good enough of, of a golfer to be a pro. So I just thought he was one of Justin's boys and he talked a lot. Well, come to find out, and Andy, you might appreciate this. So we go to the studio. There's a, a studio we go to eat afterwards. And we're all in the studio eating, Adam Scott, Justin Rose, Timberlake. And this guy puts on a tape and he plays this song. And, it, and he said, I just wrote this song the other day. And I'm like, Yo, man, this is kind of hot. Like, yeah, hey, man, like, this is, like, this is for real. Like, you ought to, like, put this out there. And he's like, thanks, man. And I wrote this song. And I didn't know it was, was it Noel from One Direction? Is <laughs> <laughs> that his name, Noel? Are you talking anyway. about Niall? Niall. Yeah, Niall. I'm sorry, Niall. Niall. I said Noel. Niall. See? Okay. Yes, Niall. You're right. I had no idea. I had no idea. So he played, like, three songs for me, and I'm like, so, you know, I, I fool around, I produce and I make beats and I, so I'm playing my music and it doesn't sound anything like his, but I had no idea who it was. And I was like, who's singing that? He's like, that's me. I was like, man, you had a great voice. Like, I was like, you know, He's like, like, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. I had but no you idea. Tell the rest of that story. What is oh, so, so understand this, Annie, we had the beverage cart with us for nine holes. So this is where we're at you know, when we got to the studio. And so after I figured out this guy was from One Direction, we're in the studio. Justin Timberlake is teaching me how to play until the end of time. So he, I'm getting a piano lesson from Timberlake and I can play a little bit. So, and then we start jamming, like just playing chords and fooling around and stuff. And so anyway, I wasn't a huge, huge fan of Justin Timberlake. Obviously I, I know who he is and, you know, he's uh, a legend in the music business, but it was, it was, it was kind of cool, you know, after I embarrassed myself on the first tee, uh, I was at least able to have fun learning how to play the piano from Justin Timberlake. So that was pretty cool. And you'll never forget him again now. No, I'll never forget. Yeah, I know who Timberlake is. I know who Timberlake is. I know who Lowell is. Yeah, I know. You can bring one direction. Like, oh, I know them very well. <laughs> I, I went, not only did I download his music, I paid for the download. So, yeah, I, 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 I know who he is. <laughs> This has been awesome. We can always do more. So if you're ever bored, let us know. We, we will talk to you soon. Thank you so much. We'll get you all this stuff so that you know when this is coming out and everything. And um, thank you. You're the best. All right. Thank you. Thank you. All right. And that is another edition of the Winging It podcast with Vince Carter. We want to thank our guest, Grant Hill. Thank you so much for coming on. This was a great episode. Vince, what should they do next? Uh, we definitely need five stars from you all uh, for a great episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. See you soon.